Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Stadium's sports betting podcast. Ben Wittenstein across from me is the lovely, the professor, the Nate Jacobson. Nate, how you doing? Great. Beautiful introduction to the show. Excited to get into the bets for college football week 10 as we head to November and then NFL week nine as we're right at the midway point of the NFL regular season. Yeah, we've got uh, our best bets as well. College football, NFL, all that stuff. You've been killing it. 81% in the best bets category. Just an unreal record that you've been having as of late. Uh, I'm hitting at a mere 60% and the show totals at 69.4%. So, Listen, we're, we're, we're always the first to admit when we're not doing well, but right now, best bets have been hitting. Yeah, I know October was kind of a, a tough month, at least for me, last year. And honestly, with the betting in general, not just the best bets here, it has been kind of a, a lull. But last week, kind of got back in track, at least in the NFL. So I hope to continue that in November, because that's usually a month that you can have some success, because you can bet on some overreactions and some biases based on the uh, college football playoff rankings and also in the nfl Uh, just some you know teams that are a little bit more motivated i guess to fight for a playoff spot as opposed to some other teams who maybe are looking ahead to the draft based on the uh, move they made at this uh, week's trade deadline all right so let's look at some college football lines i have a uh, i have a lot of college football picks and this usually is how things end up with me I, i just really go all in on the college football slate, but I really do like the slate. I think there was a really, a ton of really good plays, a ton of really good underdog plays as well. Um, you have a couple plays as well. I'll start with the Texas game, the Texas Kansas State game. I want to look at that game for a second. I'm going to take Texas minus two and a half. And you've been all over Kansas State this season. You were talking about even before the season started, you were talking about Kansas State maybe even winning the Big 12, putting a little bit of money on that. You've been on them when they've been underdogs, you've been on them when they've been favorites. I think, though, situation-wise, and we talked about this on Tuesday, the situation really plays out well for Texas in this one. They're coming off a bye, coming off a loss to Oklahoma State. Uh, Kansas State, for what it's worth, it's played really well and beat that Oklahoma State team that Texas lost to two weeks ago. So you're sitting there and you're saying, well, they have a similar opponent. One beat them, one lost to them. Maybe Texas should maybe lose this game because of that. But I think situationally, you look at what they're coming into this game. I think Quinn Ewers is going to be ready to go for Texas. I know it's a road game as well, but you can get them under a field goal. They're well-rested. They've been preparing for this match for two weeks. I like Texas in this spot. You know, I agree with the the reasoning there. You're, like No team is ever as good as their last game or as bad as their or last game. So I think it's kind of a, a contrasting thing as a, with perception where people think now Kansas State's amazing, and I do think they're a, a solid team. But Texas with three losses – are probably one of the best three-loss teams in recent memory, honestly, going into November. They still have a lot of talent there. They're coming off a bye. I mean, this is a Texas team that closed as a six-point favorite in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. And then last week, Oklahoma State, a really banged-up team, goes into Kansas State as a really short underdog and gets blown out. But 
if that result doesn't happen, Texas is probably favored by more than a, a field goal. This game was played, I guess, even like last week or something. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to me, but because I'm, I guess, stubborn and want to root you want Kansas, Kansas State, State on Saturday night yeah. for my Big 12 future on them at 18-1. to 1. Makes sense. I'd love if they could somehow get a rematch against TCU in the Big 12 title game. I'm just going to stay away. But, yeah, the reasoning that I've heard this week for Texas makes complete sense. And it's kind of the way I ha- like handicapping games would point me on to Texas. I just don't want to go against a team where I have some uh, bigger aspirations for in Kansas State. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I think that's the right move. So I understand that. But I, I'm going to be on the Longhorns. We're going to go We're gonna go Longhorns up, minus 2.5 for Texas. You have a couple plays. You're liking uh, Clemson this weekend? Yeah, so Clemson minus 3.5 right now. If it was minus 3, it'd be a best bet. I'm going to wait out for a minus 3, see if I can get that on Saturday game day to see if I can get that, and then I'll add that to my spreadsheet. But Clemson I like this week. I just think there's a lot of recency bias based on recent results against Syracuse. Clemson last game before a bye week was against Syracuse. They only win 27-21. DJU didn't look good. But Clemson really outplayed Syracuse. They had four turnovers, including one fumble uh, at the goal line pretty much that led to a Syracuse fumble return for a touchdown, 14-point swing right there, at least a 10-point swing. And I think that kind of – you know, it was a little bit of a misleading final. Clemson was the much better team. Last week, Notre Dame closes as a small favorite, actually, at the Carrier Dome. They get a pick six on the first play. Garrett Schrader, the Syracuse quarterback, gets out early in the game, knocked out with an injury. And then Notre Dame wins by 17. So I think all those results about, based on Syracuse has caused this number to kind of crash. To You know, it was minus three at one point. Would have uh, loved to be paying attention to get that. But Three and a half, four, I think is a little bit too light. I think this line should be more like six, especially a Clemson team off a bye. They're going to have plenty of fans at Notre Dame. And what Notre Dame likes to do, or the only way Notre Dame's offense can have success is running the ball. They can't exploit the weaknesses of Clemson's defense with their secondary, and Clemson has a very stout defensive line in front seven. So I think the matchup suits Clemson quite well. Notre Dame 0-4 against the spread at home, including two outright losses to Marshall and Stanford. Maybe they're going to do better in these close spread games going forward, but I don't know. For some reason, Marcus Freeman's team hasn't performed well in South Bend this year. I don't know if that's just a a useless trend or if there's some weight to that, but I guess that's just another reason to to like Clemson because there's other reasons I do like the Tigers in this game. As I said, going to wait for the minus three. We'll put a full unit on Clemson if that's the case, but a three and a half for still a little bit of a small bet on Clemson this week. Yeah, I do. I, I like that Clemson bet as well. Uh, let's do another game where I love the situation. That's Memphis plus three and a half. And so this is another game we talked about on Tuesday, but situationally it's awesome for Memphis. They're coming off of a bye. They're at home and they're an underdog. You can get them at plus three and a half. You can get that extra hook on the field goal. I love it. UCF is coming uh, off a win against Cincy, but it was a pretty dramatic win. Cincy yeah. came back in that one. They really had to hold their own to make sure they won that game. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know if you read different, but John Plumley, their, their quarterback, still questionable for this game. UCF is, so I don't know if he's supposed to play. He probably will with this the with the line the way it is but he is questionable yeah, for this one it was a concussion so i think with how football teams are treating concussions uh, nowadays that they will be cautious with him and, yeah and mikey Keene, their backup at led uh, led the you know final drives for ucf last week in that dramatic win so i think they're fine going with him and it's not a huge drop off but uh, yeah, situationally, I really like Memphis in this game off a of bye. Yeah, it's it's a good spot for them. And, again, you look at Memphis' schedule and you look at their losses, two of them 
were combined for three points yeah, in that, terms of losses. That Houston loss was, was absolutely rough. egregious. They had the lead for most of the game. I mean, they were up, I think, double digits in the final couple minutes, and then yeah. Houston scores a touchdown, onside kick scores another touchdown. So it was kind of that improbable loss that we saw from Memphis the week after they lose in, I think it was three or four overtimes. Yep. So that, you know, give them a pass there because that could have been a coin flip game either way. And then they played too lame before the bye week. So now they're fully rested, ready to go. Catching a Gus Malzahn team, I think, really at the right time off that huge win against Cincinnati, who's been the class of that AAC yeah. for the last couple of years, including the undefeated season in 2021. So really like the spot for Memphis. I think there's a reason we've seen this line go down from plus six to plus three and a half. And we can just say that's going to be one of the uh, dogs with bite that I at least put in the yeah. run for today. Memphis definitely going to be involved with a money line parlay with uh, the team I have as my best bet and maybe some of the other bigger underdogs. Yeah, you also have Arizona State as one of your bets. Yes, Arizona State. And I guess like the Devils. They could be a dog with dogs of bite. They're a plus yeah. 11 point underdog against UCLA. I think UCLA's, I don't know how good they are. They have some impressive wins at the Rose Bowl. Then they yeah. go out to Oregon, and they got pretty much dominated by Oregon's offense. Arizona State has a new look to their offense. Trenton Borgay is now their quarterback. He's kind of a more of a gunslinger as opposed to Emory Jones, who mm-hmm. is more a guy who can run the ball. So I think Borgay can, you know, put some pressure on UCLA offense and kind of go score for score with them. So I guess maybe the over might make sense in this game, especially a, a Pac-12 game. But I think Arizona State has a shot to maybe not win this game, but definitely take it down to the wire against UCLA. Yeah, I, I've seen some people in Arizona State. And I'm also – I think this is one of those lines you look at and you're like, it's something's something suspicious, something suspicious here. Because you look at how UCLA has played and how they've been favorites against some pretty good teams, and now they're not even a two-touchdown favorite against an Arizona State team. Like You kind of look at that and you're like, all right, there's something's a little off here. And I think that might be why, is Arizona State might be a little bit undervalued in this spot at home. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why is because they have an interim coach, but I think they're playing decently well for that interim coach. They have an outright win against Washington. They beat Colorado last week and didn't cover. I mean, Colorado was bad, so I don't know if you can get much credit there. But yeah. should have probably beat Stanford two weeks ago. So Arizona State's actually shown well for themselves after high-firing Herm Edwards. So, yeah, that, that's one reason uh, I think Arizona State could at least hold their own and be competitive against UCLA. All right, I have a Big 12 game under, surprisingly, that I want to hit. It's the Iowa State game. This is going to be in Ames. It's against West Virginia, who I still have not forgiven for losing plus 7.5 against TCU last week. So I'm just going to go the under in this one. And, Nate, the, the amazing thing about Iowa State games is, first of all, they're 6-2 and two to the under this season. But they have not gone and been involved in a game that has gone over 50 since September 24th against Baylor. This is an Iowa State team who just brings teams down to their level and they get playing down and dirty with them. They played Iowa 10 to 7. Kansas State it was 14 to 11 or something yeah. like that. They have played 3 games this season where the total is 25 or uh, or under. For 3 games, I mean this is just a team that gets in the mud and the muck. They slow things down, their defense mucks things up. This is going to probably go under 50 50 and a half. I think now it's at 50. It's been going down a little bit. I don't think I would take it under 49, but as long as it's above 49, 49 and a half, I would trend towards the under for this game. Iowa State's got a strong defense. They're 17th in the country in punts per play on their defense, which is really good. And both teams also are in the mid 50s in time for uh, time per play. 
So they really take a while to get things going. None of these teams are really high, uh, high-paced high offenses. So I really like this under 50, 50 and a half for West Virginia, Iowa State. Uh, you can keep going and, until we get to dogs bite because those are the only two I have for now. So these, So I have two for the Illinois game, which – because of rules, we can't bet legally here in the state of Illinois. I loved betting them in Detroit. I thought that was awesome. I live bet Nebraska team total under 20.5 at halftime in this game. Yeah, good call because of the injury to Casey Thompson. Yep, and I'm going to do the same strategy for Michigan State. Illinois, for those who haven't been following those in Champaign, they have the best second-half defense in the country in terms of points given up per second half, uh, and especially yards per play in the second half. Michigan State, on the other hand, not a very good uh, second-half team as well. They're 87th in the country in second-half points per game. So here's <laughs> here's the play here because the, the second-half lines I don't think are really out for these college games right now. But once halftime rolls around for Illinois-Michigan State, Nate, I'm hitting the Michigan State team total under. I just am. Illinois is a terrific second-half defensive team. Michigan State, subpar offensive team in the second half. Uh, they may come out guns a-blazing. This is one of the better offenses Illinois has faced all season, but I think by halftime they're going to make their adjustments figure it out, and they're going to hold Michigan State to the points total under for this one. So it's kind of a live bet play for Illinois, Michigan State. And then I also have the Chase Brown rushing yards over, which really doesn't need too much explaining. The guy's been phenomenal. He's hit, I think, most of his rushing props over. If you can find a rushing prop of his, Michigan State's run defense, not great. And Chase Brown gets 35 to 40 carries a game. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to get rushing yards in this one. Yeah, Michigan State dealing with a number of suspensions after that incident in the tunnel at Michigan and just kind of coming off that game, which was kind of their season. Yeah. That I mean that was it. like they You could tell guess, by the emotions after the game. Yeah, like they're they're at five losses. So I guess they can somehow go three and one. They'd have probably have to win this game as a huge underdog and, and that's very unlikely, but they're probably not gonna make a bowl games and with the suspensions you have to worry now about maybe some quit for Michigan State, who had much higher yeah. expectations after winning 11 games of total last season. All right, uh, dogs with bite <laughs> as we are, go through the rest of our college picks. We already talked about Memphis. I really like them. I like yeah. them at plus three and a half a lot. I don't mind sprinkling just a little bit on that money line for the Tigers. Oh, definitely. I think they're very live to win. Um, and then one other team that I'll I'll give a outlook to to our shout towards winning, uh, Texas Tech. They actually took some money today from plus nine and a half to plus eight and a half against number seven TCU, a team that I was high on going in the year, and now I'm kind of been opposite of them the last two weeks, and they burned me, even though there was some unluckiness in that, I believe. But next week, TCU has a big date against Texas, and I feel like they might be looking a little bit ahead to that and overlooking a Texas Tech team that last week got a lot of betting support against Baylor, but they had a lot of turnovers, and the game kind of went awry. But I think Texas Tech, actually a, a pretty solid team, yeah. Um, overall and that they could definitely give issues to TCU's defense and kind of make this a game so I think Texas Tech has a shot to uh, even win this game on the money line I think there's kind of a, wow. a wide range of outcomes of Texas Tech a team that is pretty aggressive with going for it on fourth down and that's how they beat Texas earlier this season and if they can get some of those fourth down conversions they could definitely stay in this game and put pressure on TCU yeah, I like it. I like TCU, especially after this game where they absolutely should not have covered against West Virginia. Should not have covered. It was a stupid offsides, great throw by Max Duggan, but still, they should not have covered. I think this is a team that, you know, at some point, right, we've been, we talked for like the last month. I've talked for the last month about TCU. They're going to slip up at some point. So you might as well just keep saying it because I don't know if they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. There's got to be a point where they slip up, and this Texas Tech game off a, 
a game that was closer than a lot of people thought against West Virginia, I think it's a pretty good spot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sexy pick, Nate. Ooh, it's a sexy pick, and it's Tennessee. And, yeah. of course, it's Tennessee. Easy. Because Easy. that line now has gone from plus 12.5 to plus 10 to plus 8. And now Tennessee is getting more money. It's down to 7.5 against Georgia. Yeah, this point just seems inevitable. We're going to get that minus 7, and then that's going to be kind of the uh, decision that a lot of people make. I've yeah. kind of decided for myself, no matter what, I'm not going to have a bet before this game is played. Doesn't mean I can't, you know, dabble live if I see something or, or something. But I, I kind of want Tennessee to win. So I do too. I don't really want to bet this game, but yeah, Tennessee is clearly the uh, the public darling of maybe yeah. this whole college football season. Rightfully so, they're number one in the new college football playoff rankings. They beat Alabama three weeks ago. You win this game, and you have a pretty clear path to probably making the playoff because you go 12 and 0 even if you lose in the sc title game in like a rematch against alabama you probably still make the playoff so this is obviously a monster game for for both teams because the winner goes the sc title game and the loser probably uh or like because you'd have the tiebreaker so because you know these teams are unlikely to lose two conference games after this one this game is everything so um, if it gets to Georgia minus seven, I think that's when we're going to see some money on the Bulldogs yep. because it opens so much higher and Tennessee close plus eight and a half at home against Alabama and this game's at Athens. So it's kind of a game now I think you could uh, just stay away from unless you really, really believe in this Tennessee team being one of the best in the country. And there's definitely parts of it offensively that make you think that, but I think defensively, especially their secondary, uh, they can get attacked by at least some teams in the country. Yeah, I think I, the thing is with this Tennessee game, I, the only thing I would bet for them is just a little little bit on the money line, just to have a little bit of fun, have a little skin in the game. I'm not going to bet their spread, especially now that it's down this much. I missed out on the plus 10s, plus 11s. I think at this point it has come, and that's why it's our sexy pick, because you know what happens to our sexy picks, Nate? They always end up probably losing. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like this is that type of game where everyone's getting their mother's going to be on Tennessee. It's going to push the line down. It's going to get to seven, and then Georgia's just going to be Georgia. They're going to be the same team that we saw against Oregon. Give Oregon hell. Their defense is going to be incredible. This is going to be the toughest team Tennessee has faced all year. And and I just don't know if they're going to be able to pull it out. I would love for them to pull it out. I might put some on the money line, but if it gets down to seven, seven and a half, I think more likely than not, Georgia probably does cover that just because when you see such a heavy public underdog like this, they usually end up losing and not being able to cover. Sometimes. I mean, the, the teams don't know that they're being being bet like that, so don't think it matters you know, that much unless it, you know people could kind of – 
create their narrative based on how games are decided. But uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, t- Tennessee is uh, b- maybe the sexiest pick of the season yes, in this, this game is... because I mean, last against Alabama, once we knew Bryce Young was playing, Bama took a lot of the money on Friday. Um, so now it's been all Tennessee, pretty much one way traffic. Yeah, this is a an incredibly a hot pick. Honestly, it's past sexy. It's just a, it's just a hot <laughs> pick of the weekend. Uh, let's do NFL picks. We got a bunch of NFL picks. We got some teasers also. Um, okay, so I put down Arizona minus one and a half. And I put this down, Nate, because I'm not – I'm not. I haven't bet it. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. And this is more of like a bet slash talk it out for me because I really, really do not want to bet the Arizona Cardinals. I bet them last week. That did not hit at all. I've bet them a couple times earlier on in the season. That did not hit at all. But something about this week – has me feeling like maybe this is finally the week they figure it out. Maybe this is finally the week Kyler can pry himself away from the video games and actually focus on his opponent. Maybe this is the week Arizona finally covers a spread that's really low at minus one and a half. I don't know. This is the feelings that I have. Can you tell me that I'm wrong for feeling for feeling toward having uh, feelings for Arizona? No, I don't. Because three weeks ago, the Cardinals closed as a two and a half point road favorite in Seattle, who has a pretty home strong home field advantage without DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah. I think there is an argument you can make that the Cardinals have a price discount. I like two NFL bets a lot, and I'll share them later in best bets. But like my third favorite, I guess this week as of right now is probably the Cardinals and. I'm not even sure if I'm going to bet them because there's only 13 games in the NFL this season, so it's kind of a hard um, board to navigate, I guess. But what's holding me back from Arizona liking them a little bit more is their offensive line situation. I think they had three starters injured against the Vikings last week. They took a lot of money against them on Sunday from three and a half to four. So even though Arizona took a lot of early money against Minnesota – a uh, few injuries to their offensive line caused uh, a line move on the Vikings, and the Vikings won by eight in a game that I guess could have gone really either way. So Arizona, the t- side I'm looking at, but uh, I can see why people are are backing Pete Carroll and Geno Smith because they have played very well this season, and maybe the defense is, is kind of rounding into form. But based on the result three weeks ago where the Seahawks went 19-9 and a surprising low-scoring game, I think Arizona's offense can kind of bounce back, especially with Hopkins in the fold. Yeah, I I hope they do. I might make this bet later on in the weekend, but yeah, it just I hate doing. It. I hate I'm really, betting on Arizona. I really do. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, at minus two, I think it's worth waiting to see if you can get like a cheap money line. If it goes down like minus one, yeah. And if it seems like it's going to minus three, maybe bet it there. But I think the only reason it would go to minus three is if Arizona's offensive line um, situation what got really like resolved and they got a couple guys back. And I'm not really sure that's going to be the case. I feel like um, if we did a sexy pick for NFL, the Seahawks would be the Seahawks would 100% be, be, be the one, yeah. the trendy underdog this week. 100%. Uh, Bengals. You like the Bengals, even at minus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I think I would only bet at minus seven. Um, but Bengals, I think, have a good shot of bouncing back here against the Panthers. Panthers is a big step down in class from the Cleveland Browns that we saw on Monday night where – I wasn't really surprised the Bengals didn't play that well because it was kind of an all-in game for a Browns team who's better than their record indicates. And the first game without Jamar Chase, I think they were kind of trying to figure some stuff out. So I think Bengals and and Joe Burrow bounce back and kind of put up a number offensively like they did against the Falcons a few weeks ago. 
Explain to me why I want the Raiders, too. I, I'm taking Arizona and the Raiders this week. It's well, just it's kind of gross. Yeah, so I actually wanted to make a, a case for the uh, for the Jags this week. I just think at 2-6, and six, they're better than their record indicates, and statistically yeah. it shows that. Yeah. They just don't know how to win games yet. What's holding me off is they're coming back from London yep. without a bye week. And also, the Raiders, you can't play any worse than they did last week. No. They had 3.3 yards per play against an Saints defense we know is banged up. Good Lord. The final score was 24 nothing. And the first play that the Raiders ran in Saints territory was after the two-minute warning and garbage time of Jared Stidham replaced Derek Carr. So Oof. the Raiders literally had their rock-bottom performance. Maybe this is kind of who Bounce they back. are with Josh McDaniels, but – they go from New Orleans. They're practicing this week in Sarasota before the game in Jacksonville. So I think they're going to spend a lot of time just trying to figure out some of the back to the basics almost. And I think there's definitely due for a bounce back if they don't bounce back. So there's real serious problems in Las Vegas. And maybe Josh McDaniels is going to be on the hot seat when we talk about next season. But yeah, I think that uh, the Raiders, I guess, make sense. But I don't know. I think this Jaguars team could have some sort of maybe second half resurgence. Well, let's see yeah. with Trevor Lawrence, but I would I would believe in that more if they weren't coming off the London game because yeah. teams coming off London games usually historically have not performed well. They did and they did choose to uh, not take the bye week though, so they did for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, they, no, that's that's a good point. I, I just I, I hate putting my money behind the Raiders and I hate talking in a positive fashion about Las Vegas because of how poor they have played this season. But it's just, it's just the, again, a situation here just screams Las Vegas. And, again, bounce back. Bounce back, bounce back. They can't play worse. It just seems like a good situation for Vegas. Um, what do we got? Don't be a tease, Nate. Or do you – yeah, you have the Cardinals as well. Don't be a tease. You have a couple teaser teams. Yeah, so I guess the Bengals at 7.5 are going to be a teaser. Yeah. I'll make an argument for the Jaguars from 1.5 to plus 7.5 as a teaser. And then if you're looking for action on Monday night, the Saints from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, or if the Saints get to plus three, I would back them straight up. I think that's going to de- depend on the injury status for tight end Mark Andrews for the Ravens. So wait for that news. That will probably come this weekend. But those are the uh, the three teams I'm looking at. Definitely Bengals um, for Sunday down to one and a half if it stays at seven and a half. And then also the Jacksonville Jaguars to at least keep the game within a possession. I think that even if you like the Raiders, you probably can agree that the Jaguars can at least keep this game close. I hope so. And that it's optimistic that the Raiders will win by more than two possessions. Yeah, I don't see see the Raiders really blowing anyone out, to be quite honest at this point. It's going to be hard for them to even just get the win, let alone blow anyone out of the field. Um, Yeah. You want to do best bets? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we got some best bets coming up for this weekend. Uh, you had an early week best bet in the Chargers. Yeah, let's give it a little bit of update there. I laid three at the Chargers, and yeah. the, the number was kind of trending towards three and a half on Tuesday's show, and that's why I want to lock it at a three. Smart move. Turns out I could have just waited, actually, though, because <laughs> the Chargers went back to minus three. I think part of the reason is Keenan Allen, who played actually right before the bye in a limited capacity off the hamstring injury, Apparently his hamstring got worse or he had some sort of setback, and now it doesn't look like he's going to play in this game. But still, the Falcons' secondary is a mess. I know the Chargers also have Mike Williams, but I really do like the Chargers off a bye in this situation against a Falcons team that I just don't think is that good. Even though they're first place in the NFC South, I believe Atlanta is overvalued. So Chargers, just to cover minus three, off the bye week is a team and a side I still like and would advocate a best bet for. 
Uh, but favorite NFL best bet, I'll start with NFL. There you go. Commanders, plus three and a half. Actually, let's grade that at plus three. I locked it in plus three and a half, but for podcast oh, purposes, we'll do plus three right. on the Commanders because that's where most of the mark has gone to on Thursday. Pretty much a numbers play for me. I think the Vikings should be favorite, but it should be less than a field goal. And their six and one start. A little bit phony. I'm happy that they're doing that six and one because yeah. I do have a season win total over eight and a half on Minnesota. That looks like it's going to get there with ease. Yep. But I just don't like the way they've gotten to that six and one record overall. They're winning a lot of close games, kind of the games they lost last year. They're winning this year, so maybe some positive regression. But also, I like the commanders now. Taylor Heineke. They've won the last two starts. I know last week wasn't pretty, but they still got the win. I think there's some confidence around the team and new life with the commanders. Who three weeks ago, no one wanted to bet at all when they started off the season one and four. But I think now they're kind of you know some motivation that they still have a, a shot at making the playoff push. And with Taylor Heineke under center, I think they're a better team for it. So yeah. commanders will grade that at plus three as we record this on a Thursday. I like it. You can find our bets, of course. Uh, we have a spreadsheet that we'll put out and available to anyone to see. Uh, Nate, my best bets actually have a theme, and it's the Bears. I got Baylor, and I got the Chicago Bears. So let's start with Chicago Bears. We'll stay with the NFL. We're going to go Bears team total over 20. Okay. And I am drinking the Kool-Aid on the Chicago Bears. I love it. I love that they went out and got Chase Claypool. I love that they're surrounding Justin Fields now with some good wide receivers. Sure, price was a little high, I'll admit. But they were betting against the Packers. They were betting against a bad free agent market. So what? That's fine. They went out and got some help for Justin Fields. And this offense for the Bears has been finding its groove for the past couple of weeks. They've scored over 20 points the last two weeks in a row. Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, is finally seemingly starting to find himself and find good plays to put Justin Fields in, good situations to put him in. So coming into this week, they're going to be at home. It's supposed to be better weather than expected earlier on in the week. It's going to be nice and sunny, 60 degrees. I think the Bears can score three touchdowns. They can get over 20 points. So I'm going to do Bears team total over 20. And then going to college Bears for Baylor, let's put it plus three and a half for the Baylor Bears. I really like this spot for Baylor. Oklahoma, are we are we sure Oklahoma's a good team? Are we sure Oklahoma's a three and a half point favorite type of good team? They're coming off two wins that easily could have been losses. They lost the uh, the yardage gains to Iowa State. They still won that because of the turnover margin. And they're coming off a game against Kansas two weeks ago that they barely beat with Kansas having a backup quarterback for a good por portion of the game. So I don't really – I'm not sold on Oklahoma being this good of a team. I know Oklahoma's going to be at home. Dylan Gabriel's looked a little bit better as he's come back from, from an injury. But Baylor plus 3.5, I love that little extra hook. Give me Baylor plus 3.5 in this one. So my one college best bet, and I haven't talked about this game. I think we did talk about it a little bit on Tuesday, but James Madison plus seven and a half against Louisville, mostly a fade against Louisville. They're coming off a big yeah. win against Wake Forest, and it's a sandwich game because next week they have a trip to Clemson. But I think there's a lot of, you know, recency bias. I guess might be the the word with Louisville because they beat Wake Forest, a game where it was a complete outlier. Wake had six turnovers in the third quarter alone eight total in the game that's not a sustainable mark to have yeah. that many takeaways Jeez. so I think Louisville's a little bit overvalued coming off that win and then you're catching a JMU team off a bye a team that's new the FBS a road game is a big statement opportunity for JMU playing at an ACC school especially since they're ineligible for postseason game play so this is kind of like probably the big game of their their season that at least is left the holdup for me betting this game before I did last night was their quarterback, 
Todd Santillo missed against Marshall right before the bye, Mm -hmm. but he was warming up on the field, and I'm pretty sure he's going to play this game. So it's a little bit of a risk, I guess, betting this right now because there's a chance he isn't going to play in the college injury reports, as we know, are never accurate or or just don't exist. Yeah. But I think he's going to play, and he's going to give JMU a shot to win this game. So I'll happily take the plus 7.5 as a best bet against Louisville this week. Love it. All right, those are our best bets. Uh, we'll put them up on the sheet. You can find the sheet. Uh, we'll put it on. Uh, we'll put it on Twitter. We'll put it on Twitter. You can find all our best bets there. Um, and of course, we have our videos that we'll put on Twitter at Stadium Bets. So watch out for that. Go follow us on Twitter. Good luck to everybody. Nate's going for ninety percent in the best bets category. The show we're trying to get over seventy percent. That was a goal to get over fifty-six, fifty-seven percent that we finished with last year. So Nate, we are well on our way. Good luck to everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.